Young women have been growing up with an indoctrination of what womanhood is and what it should be. They've been taught everything that is in direct opposition to the Word of God. Young women who want to be different from the world are rare, but they are real. On this Rare But Real podcast, Audrey Brogy will often be joined by her daughter, Grace Anna, and her daughters-in-law, Maureen, Kesset, and Marilyn, who desire to be discerning in a day when everything seems to go against God's design. Join them in the journey of becoming rare but real. It takes courage and conviction. And now, Audrey Brogy. Hey there. I'm so glad you all are joining us for this uh, episode of the Rare But Real podcast. And today is part two of Losing Jane. And we lost her in this life, um, what I sometimes call the awful morning of July 24th, 2016, which of course was awful for us, but great for her to be in the presence of her Savior. Um, but it was very difficult and a very, and it's been a very painful, hard journey since that time. But as always, God is so faithful and he meets us every step of the way and he walks with us and he helps us and and he just does so much in our lives. And Maureen's with me and we're going to talk, we're going to begin today talking a little bit about, um, you know, them getting the final results of Jane's autopsy. I know that uh, Maureen talked about it a little bit last time and um, and she had to wait. They had to wait Um until what was it february maureen that's right yeah they had to wait till february to get the final results of that autopsy but she has so many uh wonderful things to share about that how god used that in their lives and what he's done through it with her and jordan through the such a painful time in their lives so maureen i'm just gonna um um, let you share about that you can kind of wrap that up share anything you want to about um Mm -hmm. Of, about finding that out and getting that in your hands and how God used even that in the lives of you and Jordan and your family. Yeah, that's right. And last week I shared, you know, a little bit about what the medical examiner told us that they could potentially find as a cause of James' death, although everyone left our house that day, as I shared last week, is certain that nothing was going to be found based upon the way her body was and how she was found and her health. That was an excellent condition. Everyone assured us, and some of those people were not believers and some of them were, but everyone assured us that day, humanly speaking, they felt like, I don't think you're going to find a cause of death. I think she just went to sleep and and they said, and it was her time. Mm. And I will say in that day, Jordan and I felt very, we were never wrestling with the fact of the whys and the hows. Like we felt very much at peace. Like I shared last week, you know, that mm-hmm. James days as all of our days are perfectly ordained ever before there's one. Yes. Of course, as I also shared last week, we wish that those days would have been longer, mm-hmm. that they would have been a hundred years that we would have never had to bury her. Um, but that was not her story. That's not our family story. The Lord had her days, 21 months. And because of the fashion, how she died in our home and she was a child, you know, completely healthy, she had to have an autopsy. Nothing was found in the physical autopsy. The things I spoke about last week, the, the visible things that they potentially could have seen, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a ruptured organ or a brain aneurysm or any signs of 
she having had choked or had something lodged in her throat. None of that stuff was found. And then because nothing was found, um, they had to send off blood samples from Jane's body to, you know, GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigation to search and to see and to, and, you know, to find if there was anything potentially that was in her bloodstream, you know, if someone had been poisoning her. And I say all this, I hate even mentioning it, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I remember telling my two oldest boys that that those first months following when they were, you know, just like wondering and asking questions. And sadly we live in this fallen and broken world where parents do harm their children. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we read in the news almost daily of, parents who have harmed a child or things that have happened and so thankfully we live in a society where there is the law that you know like I still remember calling it justice for Jane that everything about her life and death be you know that it would be clear and good so that you know she would not have been harmed and no one has ever known about that and so that's why they had to go through that and a lot of people during those times like, is that really hard for you and Jordan to not know? And I mean, I'll just be honest with you. And Jordan would say the same thing. That wasn't really hard for us because we felt so sure based on everything that we knew about Jane, that nothing was wrong with her, that right. she was healthy. And of course we knew that we hadn't harmed her. And so we didn't have any worry about right. that. We weren't like scared to receive a death certificate. And there were, I remember one time, you know, and because this thing got passed into the hands of the government, essentially, mm-hmm. things are delayed, things take a long time. It's not that they were actively searching blood results for six months, day in and day out. Sure. Things just arrive, and then they're in a whole pecking order line of when things are going to be reviewed. And so, basically, they were like, we're backlogged, as we usually are, and we'll get to her case when we get to her case. That's what we were told the two times Jordan called. And then in December, we spoke with the medical examiner. I think it was a couple days after Christmas, and he told us that it was closed off. They hadn't found anything, but now we were going to have to wait a month or two for all the paperwork to be filed for an official death certificate to to be given out. And so that was the reason for the wait, but the reality is they found nothing. Right. Jane, her death certificate, she died of natural causes. Mm-hmm. She closed her eyes and went to sleep and she, you know, woke up in the arms of the Lord in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so while that's hard, everyone on this earth wants to, well, I don't understand that. How could someone who was perfectly healthy die? We again, and I'll share that verse I did last week. Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, where now we know in part but then we will know fully just as we also have been fully known. Like these are things that Jordan and I and our kids now that they're older, like we really do believe God's words and his promises. And it's not our job to try to, you know, turn over every stone to Mm -hmm. look for a potential reason when in reality there isn't one. We don't know the exact reason why God only ordained James days to be 21 months, but he did. And we are so, we sat at her funeral that day. If we had the option to have not had her at all, to not have suffered and gone through this agony for the rest of our lives, or to have had her for 21 months, what would we have chosen? We still would have chosen to have Jane as our mm-hmm. child and our daughter. Mm-hmm. 
And so I did just want to kind of close it off because I know I opened that up last week and didn't finish it. So Jane, it was just natural causes, nothing, you know, there was no reason. And that was like a comfort and a relief to us in a way because it's almost like what we were already walking in and resting in for the six months leading up to the death certificate being, you know, the day that we got it in the mail and opened it up and read it, even though we already knew the results because the medical examiner had told us six weeks prior, but. There is something about getting that final piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that wasn't despairing to us because people have access to that. Yeah. It was really, it was just confirming what we already believed. And so mm-hmm. in some ways, as weird as it may sound, bringing closure to what we already felt like the Lord was telling us and showing us through doctors, medical examiners, through his word and knowing who he is. It almost was like a piece of comfort. And I don't really know how to explain that, except maybe if someone who's listening has walked that, maybe they understand it. But so that was, you know, Jane's life was brief on this earth, but it was not without a purpose. That's right. God had a real plan and a purpose for her little life to be here for when it was. And we are forever grateful and thankful that God did give us Jane. You know, Jane's name means God's gracious gift. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what she was to us. And even as we remember her now, even in her death, like she was such a gift to our family. We're so thankful for her life. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, truly. We'll talk a little bit, Maureen, and share a little bit about the journey since then, how how it's impacted your family with, like, facing her birthdays, facing holidays, facing even her heaven homegoing anniversary, which was just this past Monday, um, and how that's impacted your family and how y'all have walked through that. I know that would be an encouragement to so many people who have lost children or, uh, or have lost other loved ones in terms mm-hmm. of because we all all know that um, we read, we hear that those are the hard times, and they are because that you know when when Jane was born, it's you know brought such joy into our. I mean, especially y'all's life, but our whole family's life. I remember even for me as her grandmother, that my dad had died three weeks before she was born, and mm-hmm. I remember at the time I was so sad losing my dad in this life. And uh, but then her birth came three weeks later and it was just such a picture of, you know, you know, just the reality of life and and the joy that she brought and being there for your family and even that morning. But when y'all, you know, went to Mm -hmm. were going to the hospital, Grace was still sleeping, but. Um, y'all were praying and I like snapped a, a photo with your belly out with Jane and tucked away in there. And, and, uh, and so her birth itself brought such joy into y'all's life, but even, you know, into our lives as, and especially mine when I think about it, because it was just like, it was just such, I don't know what the word to describe it, but being through the sadness of that darkness of Knowing, and of course, my dad lived a long life, and he's with the Lord, so it's totally different. But the sadness is sadness; grief is grief. Right. And then, um, and then having, and I remember Jordan. You know, after I lost my dad, I remember him sending me a, a, a text message and saying, 
something about he's you've you've known him your whole life and now you don't so of course you know you're sad of something like that I I, I took right. a screenshot of it and saved it but nonetheless um so share a little bit about that in terms of facing her the the first you know October after she was gone in July from this life and then October comes and you're already going through all the fog and the grief mm-hmm. of just dealing with that and then since then so um, share what you, what you think would be encouraging or what you yeah. just walked through. Um, you know, before I get into that, I want to read from second Corinthians chapter one, okay. verses three and four it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our afflictions that we will be able to comfort those are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Um, and before I get into some of the ways we remember those special days, just looking back, you know, we just had July 24th, which marked the seventh anniversary of Jane's death. And we were out at the cemetery where Jane is buried, as we always do. And you know, every year the kids are able, as they get older, to articulate their words and share more and share what God's doing in their lives. And, you know, one of our kids shared those verses and just talking about how they feel like, you know, they don't feel like they know that God has been comforting our family. And now they are able to use their sister's story to comfort others. Mm. And Jordan and I feel the same way. I mean, I would I mean, on average, probably six or seven times a year, I'm contacted by someone who's lost a child and they want to hear our story and they want, you know, I'm farther along on the journey than they are. And so they want to hear what's it going to be like. And even though I always tell them our stories aren't going to be perfectly the same because they're not the same, Mm -hmm. but you know, here are things that have helped us or things that were hard or things that are still hard or, you know, things that God has lifted intense thing and pain but I think of that when one of our children shared those verses I was like that's exactly it and that's for all Christians who go through hardship you know God does comfort us and he wants us to share of his goodness in our lives so that we can comfort others who are going through hardships and so I think about that as we get into talking about remembering Jane and that first October of course it was I mean, that October was very hard, and I feel like we buried Jane on July 29th, mm-hmm. 2016, and I feel like from that day forward, Jordan and I were both, like, looking forward to October 20th and how she would not be in our home that day, mm-hmm. and it was very hard, and it was very sad, and of course, we were already crying a lot, mm-hmm. but specifically looking toward her birthday and again I shared this a little bit last week how I just kept saying like I don't feel like we're old enough to be doing this like what should we be doing what's right what Mm -hmm. it's like we had never walked this road and so we didn't know so of course both of us you know we were reading books all the time and reading about different people Mm -hmm. bereaved parents and how they kind of remember those days Mm -hmm. holidays and birthdays and death anniversaries and you know, some of it we really liked, some of it we thought seemed hokey, and I don't, we di- we knew we didn't want to do, um, which doesn't make it right or wrong because right, we right. liked or didn't like it. But, yeah, everyone has personal preferences. But I know that this was 
the beginning of September, I reached out to a good friend of mine. I said to her, I said, I want a portrait made of Jane, like a painting or something. But I said, I don't want it to look like, and again, this is my preference for anyone listening. I just, like, I think of some old-fashioned paintings that kind of look creepy. Mm -hmm, Uh, That's mm -hmm. the word that pops into my head. I didn't want Jane to look creepy in like a watercolor or an oil painting. Mm-hmm. And not that all those do by any means. So I'm sure. not making a statement. But this friend of mine knew me well. And she knew this woman who was a charcoal, you know, artist. She works with charcoals. And she's like, I'm going to send you her work. She's in Birmingham. And, you know, you need to reach out to her. And basically, I looked her up on Instagram. Jordan and I instantly loved her work. And we felt like it was they were true depictions of the children that mm-hmm. she had drawn mm-hmm. so I reached out to her I mean kind of I mean I look back on it now and I think oh, I wonder if she thought I was like had lost my mind and uh but I know she didn't because we've written about it since then but right. I sent her Jane's eulogy that we wrote and I just said we really need this portrait done like soon in fact I need it before her second birthday and I want to get it framed and I mean, I had this whole, you know, I'm not even knowing her business procedures, right. but here I am, like, <laughs> writing her business. I mean, for all I know, she has, like, a two-year wait list. Right. But what was neat is that she had almost, within 24 hours, emailed me back and said she would be honored to do that, that mm. she had never done that before, drawn, you know, a charcoal of a child who had died. And that she felt like it was an honor for her to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you know, she even gave us a discount on it and she worked hard and got it done. And, you know, she sent us back and forth, you know, photos of what she had done. And then we would make tweaks and send back. And she was so wonderful and gracious and she got it just in time. And I'd already been to the framers and he knew what was coming and, all that to say that was just something George and I really wanted mm-hmm. by her second birthday was that portrait of her, which now hangs in our dining room. And we've since got portraits made of all of our kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she, you know, so we wanted that. And I, I don't even, I can't tell it because people are like, why was that so important to you? I was like, I don't really oh, no. know. But <laughs> yeah. like it was and like, you know, and I also yeah. really wanted you know, and I had someone tell me that that seems kind of creepy, but, you know, but that, whatever. That Everyone what, has that a different. What, that what seems creepy? Well, I wanted Jane, the dress that we buried Jane in, oh. I wanted another one of those. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I okay. wanted to keep it, and I wanted to frame it like in a shadow box, mm-hmm. and it, it hangs in our room now. Mm-hmm. But that was another thing that actually the same friend of mine, she, like, worked and got another dress and mm-hmm. got that to a framer and... And I even think about the man, the man who framed the stuff of James has since died of cancer. But I remember him, he was so like gentle and delicate mm-hmm. with us. And he told us we brought the dress in, you know, mm-hmm. and then he had us come in one time before he put the glass on it to make sure we were happy with how it was like, you know, pinned behind. And he told us how his wife had like ironed the pleats. And it was just like, Audrey, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. And I don't even know much of that family story who yeah. framed all the stuff of James, but he was just so gentle and delicate with us and caring. Like, I feel like he must have been a believer. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the way it's just like you know when you walk into the presence of another believer yeah. and it wasn't flippant and it 
was done with delicate hands and all of it. And so those were the things we really wanted. And we also really wanted Jane's headstone and the benches where she was buried to be carved and installed by her birthday. And the man that we hired to do all of this actually lives in Indiana. Mm -hmm. Um, Jordan and I flew up there in August after Jane died and he showed us his work. We went to several cemeteries and he, you know, it's a limestone is the material. Mm-hmm. And we figured out what verses, what scriptures, everything, the fonts. I mean, there's so many decisions you have to make, but we did all that with him. And I mean, here's this man, Jordan reached out to him via the internet, emailing him just like a, you know, we don't know him. He's right. in Indiana. And he's so gracious. We fly up and meet him and have this, these stones carved, these benches. And then he is like, I will happily drive this down and install it. Mm. I mean, of course, we compensated him for his work. But just even the fact, I, even still to this day, seven years later, he loves seeing pictures of the stone now. Mm. And he tells us, you know, how to, how to always maintain it and to care for it. And so those were just like tangible things. Mm-hmm. So it was like, we wanted the stone, her headstone to be put in. We wanted to we have two benches because Jordan and I will not be mm-hmm. buried next to Jane. We, mm-hmm. You know, we had those plots. Right. We wanted, you know, the portrait of Jane. We wanted, um, I feel like I mentioned another thing. It was the portrait basically where she was buried in her dress yeah and her dress and those were the things that I feel like every time I read about things that are really important to families after they lose a child some are similar some are really different Mm -hmm. and it but those were things to us that you know and they were almost like projects too Mm -hmm. like Jordan was like I definitely was involved with the headstone stuff in terms of what we were going to carve on it right but that was like his project in terms right. of dealing back and forth with the man in Indiana mm-hmm. and the dress and the portrait were like my project going back and forth with my friend and the artist and the framer and in some ways Audrey it was like we were doing something for our child and it helped us in our grief yeah. like yeah, we could wake me. up and know okay I have to go and find this dress now right. I have to get some right so that was that the Lord did use those I mean I kind of call them like projects that we wanted it's like we gave ourselves three projects and we had an absolute deadline Mm -hmm. and the lord allowed for all of that to work out even though some of it when i look back on it now seven years later and i think some of these people were we were very random to them but they were gracious and kind and felt compassion and basically met all of our time requests right like like, uh, like angels right because <laughs> I mean, there's so many different ways god brings comfort and he ministers to you and he uses people in the process and sometimes people that you're like i don't even know who did that i can't even remember who did it but i'm just grateful that god provided in that moment that's exactly right and i i mean and so when october 20th came um you know, I mean, that was only several months after Jane died. And so we were still definitely in the thick, mm-hmm. deep, dark <laughs> stages of grief, for sure. I mean, we were still caring for our other four children. And Jordan had gone back to work at that point. So, yes, we were, like, doing the, the next thing what we needed to do to mm-hmm. get done. But it was just, you know, mm-hmm. 
it was so heavy. It's, but those projects I just described brought us comfort and we loved making things beautiful for our daughter and mm-hmm. her memory and her honor. And we went out there on her birthday and we didn't really know what we were going to do. I read in a book, you know, the family that releases, you know, lanterns on their children's birthday. And, and I really liked that idea. And so one of my sisters, you know, I mean, I never even asked her to do this, but mm-hmm. obviously I just share with her about the lantern thing. She, every birthday mm-hmm. without fail, sends us those lanterns mm-hmm. to set off for Jane. And we each have one. And the way they're set up, it's like in loving memory of, and you write your child's name and, and there's a portion on it. I mean, you, some people may not write on it, but everyone kind of has their own and writes like a little letter to Jane. And mm-hmm. and then you light them and, you know, then you let them off into the sky. So that's kind of become a birthday tradition mm-hmm. for us. We do that. And we always, you know, Jordan takes off work on Jane's birthday and on her death day, July 24th, because for him, He's like that. Those are days that I can just pull away mm-hmm. and not have a distraction of any other thing. I can just, you know, think about Jane during that time and not be distracted and think about all that God's done in her life and to be thankful for her life. But also there is sadness mm-hmm. when those holidays and anniversaries come. Mm-hmm. Um but we, so every year we do the lanterns on our birthday. We share and we always have, I mean, I, pretty much most of the time have fresh flowers out at her grave Mm and Jordan meticulously cares for Mm -hmm. her plot and mows it and you know fertilizes the grass and again these are just acts of service for Mm -hmm. us of like Mm -hmm. loving someone even though we know Jake's I had someone tell me one time well you know she's not actually here to see it and I'm like well obviously I know that (laughs) but the either way that or just remembering her and honoring her That's life. Right. That's always honoring been our her thing. life. That's right. And so, you know, her life to a lot of people, because I know she was young, a lot of people didn't really get to know Jane. But to us, she meant a lot. Mm-hmm. And so we all, as the Lord allows us, we always want to be able to honor her life. Right. And, but, you know, I would say basically from this time of year through July 1st, is hard because it's like we have July 24th, then we have October 20th, then we have Thanksgiving, then we have Christmas, then we have New Year's. It's like all these big family holidays and celebrations where, you know, you're off of work, out of school with your kids, celebrating all the traditions that you have with your kids that each family has established that, you know, there's always a missing person Mm -hmm. always. And Mm -hmm. so, but, you know, those over the years have brought great laughter and like, what do you think Jane would have liked? Like, what would she have picked? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I always let the kids pick out an ornament every year for the tree. And it's, you know, that's always funny to think, well, I think she would have picked this now. Or then another kid would be like, no, she definitely would have picked this. <laughs> and we all end up laughing and saying, the reality is we don't really know. <laughs> and so no one, no one needs to get like, you know. <laughs> Yeah. upset about it because <laughs> it's just meant to be a fun thing but all of those things though and what I would say to with remembering Jane and what we have told our kids which God has allowed great joy because he's the source of our joy mm-hmm. it's not circumstances and so yes for the deep the first several years were so heavy and so hard and there were days that George and I would look at each other and just 
we would just pray and say, Lord, please help us to make it through today and do what we need to do. Right. And, and he did. He's answered all of those prayers. Like God is faithful and he has done that. He has brought us through to the other side of the life without Jane, but we continue to walk this life without Jane. Mm-hmm. Like I explained last week about, you know, having a prosthetic, you can mm-hmm. still use your body and walk around, but you know, the real limb is missing. And mm-hmm. so it's different. And so with Jane not being here, you know, we always talk to our kids about, it, especially I do. And maybe just because I'm the mom or probably just I'm a woman and I have more mm-hmm. words and think about things <laughs> more, but, um, I never want our kids who are here because each of their birthdays is also hard. It's a celebration of their life and it's fun and we always make it fun and special. And, mm-hmm. but it's always a reminder too that, like, especially with Grace's, Grace is our fourth child. So she's our youngest here on earth. And it's right. like, oh, we're never going to have another 11th birthday. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just always a reminder of what seems like it should have been mm-hmm. it seems like it would have been right like we had a child and right, you right. expect your children to grow up and outlive you and so there's always this it's a little tinge of sadness amongst the joy of celebrating the child and I know I mean we, Jack our oldest is just entering his senior year like Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure his graduation, it will be teary for many reasons. It'll yeah. be teary for him. He's my oldest child. The first time we've walked through this, it's exciting. It's a milestone in his life. But then there's that bittersweet side, but then there's also, but we'll never have this with James. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I always leading up to birthdays or anniversaries or fun celebrations of our other kids, because I know that those things always make me sad. And I ask the Lord to help me to never take that. I don't ever want our kids to feel like my mom at all of my happy events has always said that my sister was not here. Mm-hmm. Like I want them to know and to understand that I'm excited and happy and joyful for them. But then there is always this reality that there, it seems like there should have been someone else going through this at some point. Right. So I think they get that. I really do. Like, I think they understand that and they respect it. And it, there's never been anything weird or bad or mm-hmm. it's like God has even been faithful in that. But the, those are things that I do ask the Lord, like, help me to never, because God has allowed Jack, Luke, Claire, and Grace to continue to be here on earth with us. Mm-hmm. And so that their lives do look different than Jane's life looked or will look because she's no longer here. So I want our kids, and it's not going to be perfect. It hasn't been perfect. They know that more than anyone. Right. But I want them to feel like their mom and dad were involved and invested in their lives and what mattered to them. And just as much as they would have been with their sister who's no longer here. So, you know, that was hard in the beginning, how to balance. You know, your mind was just always flooded with Jane's death, mm-hmm. Jane's mm-hmm. death. It was like constant, constant, constant. But I think that's normal for the right. people who are listening in the beginning. And I mean, I, our kids have been so gracious mm-hmm. in that. Like, and they've never felt, I mean, again, as I said last week, this is going to be their story to tell. Like God's writing their stories mm-hmm. and how James' death will be used in their lives. But I don't want to prematurely speak for them. But at this point in their lives, 
they don't have any bitterness that they're harboring towards mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And God has been faithful to walk with us and our family through that. And to continue, I want to share this verse from Proverbs 14, 13. Um, it says, even in laughter, the heart may be in pain and the end of joy may be grief. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was within the first month of Jane dying that I I did struggle for a little while with if I laugh that does that I shouldn't be laughing I should mm-hmm. be crying because mm-hmm. if I'm laughing that means I'm not remembering Jane and I know that that was a lie from Satan mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it totally was trying to knock me off my role as a mom and you know he would have loved for us just to be bitter and mad mm-hmm. and pull away from our living children but like only because our foundation was on the Lord and we clung to that did that not happen Mm -hmm. but there were real things that I was worried about and then I would laugh and it would kind of feel good it was like medicine to my Mm -hmm. soul but then I would Mm -hmm. at the end of it kind of feel bad like I don't know Lord like again back to my question of what do I do what should this look like it's not scripted and it's but then just reading that verse one day, mm-hmm. which I mean, I re- I've, I'd read it hundreds of times before, but it was like, it is okay to laugh. In fact, laughter is good. Mm-hmm. And we were so thankful. I mean, our, of course, having a 10, 8, 6, and 4-year-old, like our house is at like the peak of silly knock-knock jokes and mm-hmm. like, you know, things that sometimes as a parent, you're like, oh, if there's one more knock-knock joke today, <laughs> like. Yeah. You know, it's like you want to let your kids be kids, but so we were at like the peak of humorous statements and actions being done and, you know, little right. phrases that they would just say. And so that was the Lord used the, each event to comfort us in a huge way mm-hmm. to bring to bring earthly like happiness, like in laughter. Well, you know, and so go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, just like you trusting God with so many things as you, as you dealt with and continue to deal with the pain of losing Jane, but you also have to trust God that it, you know how the scripture says that, um, that he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And sometimes that's hard to heal when it's like, so I mean, here, even though it's God's word, but it's like, please heal, please heal. But then you also know it's the truth of his word that he does do that. And so if he's going to heal and he will, there will be times he's going to bring, um, that, that relief that, you know, that comes through your other children with the laughter and it doesn't desecrate one iota the memory of the of of Jane or of anyone that you've lost it doesn't it doesn't mean that that's lessened the pain of that loss but God does heal the brokenhearted he really does and it's like in his timing he does it and we also know the scripture says that weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning so God will bring joy he does bring joy and laughter and sometimes like as you've just said with your own children he's brought it through your children to give you levity with the knock-knock jokes or with whatever yeah your your heart is still hurting over the loss of of Jane but God's using your other children to help I don't know, ease that boulder weight that you talked about last time. Yeah. You know, and you don't. No, and I mean. Yeah, go ahead. It's, I mean, I could talk forever about God's faithfulness and that because every single one of our kids has done or said many things throughout this last seven years to comfort us. Mm. 
and to help us along the journey and to help us to be able to continue doing the next thing that God has called us to. And I had this verse up on my kitchen sink. Um, It's Isaiah 40, verse 11. It says, he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, that was there up on my windowsill before James' death. And, but I would look at that. I mean, you're always at your kitchen sink when you're at home with your family and coaching meals. And it's like, he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. And he gently leads those. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what he's done. And he's going to continue to do that. Um, I, I don't know, like God's word is just a healing balm and a comfort. And then not only, they're not just words, you know, God, Hebrews tells us that God's word is living and active. And as believers, as what we always come back to on this podcast, Audrey, it's like God's word needs to be your biggest source for everything for life and godliness. Like everything that you think about, wonder about, want to pray about, like you need to get your wisdom from God's word and open mm-hmm. it and read it and know it. And then as you walk with him and you walk through different trials, and it may not be something as severe as the death of a child, but whatever your trial is, mm-hmm. it makes your life hard. But then if you cling to the Lord and cling to the cross, he is faithful to stay with you and to walk you through those things. And then when you come out on the other side of a trial, you're stronger. Your faith has been tested, you know, as though with fire and you can help others walking through hardships because as long as we live in this fallen and broken sinful world, like we're all going to experience things, but how much it means when another believer can come alongside and encourage you and help you with a word mm-hmm. from something that they have walked through that's similar to your situation. So, you know, and also with our kids, you know, something I, we were driving the morning that we buried Jane, July 29th, we were, our family, our, you know, the six of us were driving in our car to the church for the funeral. And Jack, um, who was 10 at the time, he shared, you know, our boys have loved, they would devour books. Mm-hmm, and at mm-hmm. the time, around the time of Jane's death, they both, you know, were read. They had three or four Harriet Tubman books, and they were reading about the Underground Railroad and all these different things that were happening. And these weren't even school assignments. This was just like you go to the library and they see these books, and they're learning about different people in history. And mm-hmm. and Jack said to us, you know, this is a quote from Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm. She said, "I said to the Lord, I'm going to hold hold steady onto you, and I know you will see me through." Let me read that again. I said to the Lord, I'm going to hold steady on to you, and I know you will see me through. You know, and that's that she was walking through all the hardships that she did. You know, you mm-hmm. can read about her story. I'm sure a lot of you know it. But, you know, God just, used, like, that was our 10-year-old, like, just mm-hmm. driving to his sister's funeral, seeing his parents' dad, and just saying, hey, mom and dad, like, God is holding us steady, and he's not going to let us go, and he's going to see us through. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. that was for my 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. And and I also think, as we've talked about in this podcast before, how, you know, so many people want to dismiss children's ability to know God at a young age and to understand his word, and then to even read, you know, biographies or fiction books 
and see the truth of scripture woven throughout those stories and books and the lives of different people that they're reading about. And then how, he, you know, God just put that on his heart that morning to share with us. Mm. I don't know. For me, that was just like huge. really meaningful. Yeah. And it was just, again, but I think back on it even now that like our 10-year-old said that to us. That wasn't like our 50-year-old friend came up and said that to uh-huh, us. Uh-huh. And so, you know, to encourage you parents, you know, don't shove away your kids when you're walking through hard things. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know sometimes it's easy to just, you want we want to deal with things. And sometimes kids can, you know, not sometimes, I mean, kids are loud and rambunctious and funny and they fight and, they do great things. They do things, you know, that are frustrating as you're raising them and you're teaching and training them. Uh-huh. And But, man, like, if you let your children walk with you and they know your life and they're with you, like, those, I mean, I just said to my husband this morning, I was driving my girls to a volleyball camp that they're in, and I just wrote him this text. I said, I'm so thankful for our girls. Like, they just walk and said grace and wisdom for their ages and I'm just it's a privilege to count them as my friends Mm -hmm. and and I know I'm still their mom and I'm the authority and all that but like they really are all my kids are like growing into our closest friends which that I believe is how God would want that Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. and so you know if there's something too for anyone grieving or going through hardships whether it be an illness or a death like invite your children and your family into that because they have so much to offer Mm -hmm. and God uses them to bring comfort along the way. Um, You know, another thing I wanted to share was something early. It was probably a year after Jane died that Clara journaled um, and I found it in her journal. It's not a secret. She knows (laughs) (laughs) that that sounds like I found it in her journal, but like, Mm -hmm. um, she wrote this. It says, leaves fall and leaves go every day and every day, but God never falls or goes. He stands firm on the rock. Forever we will drift. We will fall, but we're, but the word of the Lord will guide us. Come and follow the Lord. Keep trusting. Keep obeying. Keep loving. You will be on a great start in your journey if you keep loving the Lord. And then she goes on to write, I've had a hard journey since July 24th, 2016, when my little sister Jane died. But even though it is hard for me and my family, she is having a wonderful time up in heaven. Heaven is a place where there's no sin, no crying, no sadness. So keep trusting no matter what happens on your journey. Um, And that, she wrote that in the fall of 2017. So she was she was either still seven, almost eight, or just turned eight. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I didn't think like, you know, God working in her little seven or eight year old little girl mm-hmm. self with a journal and a Bible. And, you know, obviously it was fall. And so she could see the leaves falling outside, mm-hmm. but then God used that illustration, you know, of life and death and, but how God is constant and we, it's our job as believers to keep trusting and keep obeying him and he is going to stay with us. So like, there's so many nuggets of truth that, you know, and then I think of Luke always was, you know, he always wanted, I remember the day again, back to when we buried Jane, Luke asked us on the way home, 
he said there were a lot of people at Jane's funeral, you know, and he was varying the number. He still is in the numbers and ca- calculating mm-hmm. things and figuring out things. But he was like, um, do you think everyone signed in on the guest book? Which, of course, I mean, I don't even know if Jordan and I knew there was a guest book, but there was a guest. Someone did that. I don't know right. who did that, but right. someone did. And he was like, how many, do you think a lot of people who were at the funeral, you know, were non-Christian? And, you know, Jordan just said to him, well, I know that there were Christians and non-Christians there because of the different people that we've worked with or neighbors or people who we knew were believers or not believers. And the gospel is clearly shared at Jane's funeral. Mm -hmm. You know, and Luke asked us that day, he said, you know, do you think 60 people might have gotten saved at Jane's funeral. I mean, I'm telling you this now, not like weeping, but this was so hard because, mm-hmm. you know, he's our eight-year-old saying, I mean, almost just like, that would be so amazing if 60 people got saved. Do you think it's that many? And Jordan and I are both kind of like, well, we don't really know. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that someone, That's someone safe. was saved. Yeah. And, you know, that God had there for that time, but God's going to continue to use James' story forever, as long as we're here. And he said, but then he asked us, he said, if 60 people got sick, and I don't even know where that number came from, but that he was six that days was on yeah. He said, if 60 people got saved that day, would you rather have had Jane die for those 60 people to be saved? Because we know Jane is with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then now through her death, hear, people hearing the gospel, would you rather have 60 people been saved and also be secure in heaven, or would you rather Jane have not died and be here and those people have not heard the gospel? Yeah. And again, this is the day of her funeral that our son's asking. And Jordan and I were both just, I mean, really at a loss for words, but we both said, Luke, we're just going to be honest with you, like, we would rather Jane be alive and God use other means to, to bring those 60, 60 people, people to salvation, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but yes, I'm sure there were people who were saved that day and we rejoice in that, but not to, I never want to like over spiritualize things. And what I mean by that is act like, you know, we know Jane's in heaven, so we don't miss her. We're good because we do have comfort and hope in that. And we are thankful she's with the Lord. But we still miss her earthly mm-hmm, presence. Mm-hmm. And so we were describing that to Luke that day. That wasn't for us to say we don't care about the salvation of other people. Right. What we were explaining and articulating to our eight-year-old son is that, no, we would rather have our child here with us in our lap and God use other means to save those people. Right. right. And, and and honestly, I, I think that would still be my answer today if he asked me that at 15. Um, of course, yeah. And, and I don't think that that means that I'm, because I remember, you know, months later, like, is that, like, bad to tell him that? Like, Well, think about you know, Jesus you, in the garden. He said, you know, <laughs> he wanted the cup passed from him. He said, but not my will, but yours. So I'm saying, it, it, basically, it's like another way, you know. Right, you know that mean? you can carry this out without using me. Yeah. But then, but, but then submitting, not, but not my world, right. but yours. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, you know, and then not to forget, I always think of Grace as our rapture child. <laughs> she always, I talked about this last week, but I mean, she, at four, five, six, and seven, like we, and we were at Jane's Cemetery. We just talked about this on Monday all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I know I used to go out there daily for the, especially the first nine months. Mm-hmm. And it's, 
again, it was not because I thought she was going to be up sitting on the I bench. Know. Just, but it's I just a way to, to be... connect. Yes. It's yes. A way that God uses. And, yep. and so we were there, but for grace, God really used that in her life and understanding the brevity of life mm-hmm. that, you know, we can be here one day and gone the next. Our life is but a vapor, as James tells us. Um, that was something that God really used in her life to teach her, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. And not that we ever want to walk around in our home and be morbid with each right, other. Sure, sure. But to truly, I would say our family, seven years later, we all talked about it some Monday when we were out at James Cemetery, is that in a huge way, we all understand now, like the urgency of just sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. And not that it's all on us. Like, we know, it's our job to plant seeds. And sometimes God brings about salvation in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Other times you're just one person telling about God's faithfulness. And we know God is ultimately the one who saves, not humans. Mm-hmm. But just in that, you know, we're not promised tomorrow. Like that has made our family live differently. Mm-hmm. And even in the way that we, of course, we still argue, unfortunately. <laughs> like, but even in our like making up and forgiving each other, there is, it's just like a deeper there's like a deeper meaning and value that we have now because we have experienced and tasted death of losing James Mm -hmm. that we just want, it's like we want to fix things as soon as they're off. And again, we're not perfect. I'm not saying that, but it's just like a depth that Mm -hmm. our kids have. And I feel like we possess that God's entrusted to us and we want to share it and we want to live though. You will not promise tomorrow. Well, it makes you live in light of eternity. And it's like, you know, Ecclesiastes says, you know, it's better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, you know, because that's the end of every man. That's what it says here. And, and the living takes it, uh, and the living takes it to heart. And so I'm saying all the lessons and the ways that God's taught your, even your children by going to a house of mourning to understand it. He's brought a depth to their understanding, even to life and, it, and it, to their lives. And then on top of that, we know the scripture says we are, that God, that, that the prayer of the psalmist was teach us to number our days and why mm-hmm. to present to thee a heart of wisdom. It helps us live our lives in light of eternity for God's glory, for his purposes, and to not take it lightly, but at the same time to know he gives us all things to enjoy. And during our stay upon this earth, he wants to be the source of our joy and that there is happiness here, even amidst all the pain and sorrow that we go through. So there's a depth that God does, that that he does in his ways and for his glory. And, and we don't choose how he does it. He chooses it. And then we just have to look to him. So, I mean, I just think hearing you share all these things that God's done in your kids' lives, lives through this, that, you know, God's just been at work and he continues to be at work. I know. It's, and even you just reading that, those verses from Ecclesiastes, like, you know, Jordan study the book of Ecclesiastes in depth a couple of years after Jane died and um and then he and I have studied it some together and we've done a small group on that book of the mm-hmm. Bible. You know, our youth group's doing it this summer and just a reminder to like you just said, like yes, 
we need to know that our life is but a vapor here one moment and gone the next. That doesn't mean we're to live in fear. Like we are, God has us here. So we're to enjoy the good things that he's given us. Right. We're to enjoy our family. We're to enjoy our friends, enjoy the gifts that he is giving us. Like not always like walk around with sackcloth and a black mm-hmm. dress on and, mm-hmm. you know, being in a bad mood because something in my life didn't go the way that I would have chosen. But it's like, God wants us to live in light of eternity, enjoying the things that he's giving us, but being faithful to share the truth of his word with others Mm -hmm. with an urgency for them to know like, Hey, you're not promised anything. Mm -hmm. So don't just put the Lord on the back burner of your life for you to keep plowing forward. Mm -hmm. It's just as we saw with our daughter, 21 months old died. There was no known human reason why she died. She should, Anyone would have looked at her and be like, she should not have died. But God knew her day. And so that is always, gain is always our reminder that we're not promised tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need to live with that. We need to daily have that as our compass that God has us here for a time and a purpose. And not just to flounder about in life. Um, I mean, I think that's too a big lesson. You know, Jordan, it's just like live your life with meaning and with purpose and depth. And again, as I've shared last week and before, we're not perfect. We don't do this perfectly. But I do feel like as we've grown, you know, we can we can see how God has grown us and shaped us. And even the things that we can laugh about now, like just I mean, people always say dumb remarks as it (laughs) pertains to death. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, the things that we used to make me like want to punch someone. <laughs> now I can just, off. <laughs> yeah. Now I can just kind of give Gordon a side eye and like smirk at him. Like, wow. <laughs> like, I know that person thought that was helpful, but that was not helpful <laughs> at all. And yeah. so, you know, I'm just, I'm thankful to the Lord. I'm thankful for Jane's life. I'm thankful for, you know, my salvation and mm-hmm. our families. And that our mine and Jordan's marriage is strong. And as mm-hmm. I said last week, like our family is still standing. It's not because of us. It's mm-hmm. because of the Lord, mm-hmm. but that we have trusted in him and we haven't wavered from that. Yes, we have gone through deep grief and deep pain. Yes, we wish God had chosen James days to be longer, but he didn't. And we trust him, Audrey, right. like we do. And even in the hard and even in the days where you just want Jane here, like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like you express that to the Lord and give that to him. And you know, that was not his plan. And so I'm just, I'm thankful for Jordan and leading our family well in this and Mm -hmm. the kids that God has given us, all five of them and just the gifts that they are. Mm -hmm. These children really are a gift from the Lord and, to not, I'm thankful that we haven't given them everything right in the past seven years. There have definitely been things that Jordan and I have seen, oh, like we weren't as involved with that, that we would have been if Jane hadn't died, or we should have been with this kid or that. But none of it was like, it's not like God had it all. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, I mean, none of it was, it's not like it was earth shattering in the sense that something horrible happened because of it, but sure. it was. And I know for some of those times where it felt like maybe we were more absent in some of our kids' lives than we would have been if Jane was alive, 
God was filling in that void Mm -hmm. and using that and shaping their character and their trust in him because they had him. Um, You know, we sat in all of them. I wish I would have been recording all the things they were sharing at Jane's grave on Monday night because it's just Mm -hmm. amazing how God works in their lives. Um, And then I know we're going to close out, but I just want to read this passage. One of my other kids read this. Um, it's from First Peter chapter 1, starts in verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And, you know, I just, I just give God the glory that even our four living children here glean from God's word and the perspective that he gives them that we have our hope, our living hope, and we've been saved and the imperishable and undefiled and how we're going to be in heaven. And even though we go through these trials and tribulations and hardships, like we have our faith that can't be taken from us and we will be reunited with Jane one day in heaven. I don't know. That to me is like the biggest, we just rejoice greatly Mm -hmm. for the kids that God has given us and how they continue to encourage our hearts. And even in things that you don't necessarily even know that God's doing until July 24th and October 20th roll around and then they share that's right. Uh, I don't know. It's like a deep well of wisdom. And, you know, I were definitely older than them, but they sure teach us a lot. And God uses them and we're grateful. I love that because it, it is true that, and I know this just because I've lived so much longer and have, I mean, your husband is my son. And I think about all the ways over the years when I think about my grown children and the ways as adults, and I call it when they encourage you, when your children grow to the point in the Lord where they are the ones, um, when they're encouraging you, when they're exhorting you, when their lives are living examples that God is using to continue to mold and shape you to continue on until the Lord takes you home. And that's what all of us as parents want to see in our children as they grow. And it's like, you know, it's like that thing as you're walking through it at the time and your kids were so young that God was working behind the scenes even in their lives as you're dealing with the weight of the grief and, and as you said a minute ago, feeling like at times maybe you weren't as present as you needed to be. God was so present in their lives and he was working and and he was, I mean, he's just so good and he's so kind. And I love what you read you know, first Peter, when you were reading those verses and you said one of your children shared that, is that correct? On my yeah. Mind? Yeah. And then that next verse, it says, and though you have not seen him, you love him. 
And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice. And you use that phrase with joy inexpressible and full of glory because you can't even explain it how God does that through all that he is weaving together in our lives. And then the verse 9 says, obtaining is the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And I think about that as you were, as you were pointing those verses out, you know, how, yeah, we don't see him now, but Jane sees him. And, and, he, know. and he knows her fully. She fully knows him. And, and, um, and, but it will, it will be a reality for all of us who love him, even though we haven't seen him now, but we will. And, um, and even though it, now there's so much joy unexpressible and things we greatly rejoice in, but oh, how much greater that's going to be in that day when, um, when he has completed the work and, and, and when he calls his children home, um, all of us, you know, that great reunion that, that he's promised in scripture, right. so. and, you know, and just another thought before you close this, Audrey, just, you know, for those listening who have lost children or, or friends of those who have, I mean, seven years later, I would just encourage you to just keep loving those people and keep asking. I mean, we always tell people, we just, like, we love hearing James' name. Mm-hmm. Like, and so people worry and they're hesitant to ask for this because they're like, am I going to make her cry? Yeah, or, exactly, yeah. And it's like the reality is that she's always close to our right. heart and uh, close to our mind and no and even if we do cry it doesn't matter That's like right. it's normal just we just like love knowing that our daughter was is remembered and i know that every parent who's lost a child would say the same thing like mm-hmm. just say their name and ask and yeah. and also just in the beginning day just be gracious and you know, Jordan and I were definitely not perfect, and there are things that I'm sure we didn't do that maybe people thought we should have done, or whatever the case may be. But just you know, know that people who it's it's hard yeah. to lose a child, yeah. and you know, and it's you don't you're not always sometimes like you don't even like you're in your right mind, and right, it's right, right. So maybe there's things that you're missing, you're not doing, or maybe sometimes your emotions are high, and so you can be you know extra vulnerable to being mad about something, or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I just just don't take it personal, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I know. obviously there is a timeline. Like you can't just say, oh, 40 years ago that happened, and that person's still mean. Like right, that's not right. okay. Right. But I'm talking about in the immediacy. Like just be kind and gracious and ask mm-hmm. and. You know, in the body of Christ, like, all this glory and praise to the Lord, but the body of Christ were the real tangible hands and feet of the Lord that came and held our family as well and helped us. And I mean, Christians that we knew closely and Christians in our church who we didn't know at all that helped our family. Mm-hmm. And so just that's what we're here for, to help each other. We're all you know, as believers, one body and to love each other and to help each other. And that's not just through the death of a child, through whatever trial that your Christian brother or sisters are facing, like ask and care. And as the Lord provides opportunity for you to send a note or send a meal or to ask about it, just do that as the Lord lays it on your heart. Because I can tell you as someone who, you know, has lost a child, like those things, even seven years later, we'll still get notes from people or still have mm-hmm. people call and say, mm-hmm. I'm bringing you a meal tomorrow. Right. And it's just, 
it means a lot right. and it's ways that we can help minister to the body. So, right. um, I, I did just before we got off that wanted to say that, that the body of Christ and for Christians who are not in a church, like get to a church, like mm-hmm. for many reasons, God tells us to be with believers on the Lord's day, but those people, you know, believers, like those those are your people as Christians. You need to be with them and know them and worship with them and serve them and love them through the good and the bad and always pointing them to Christ. And I know since COVID, a lot of people have left churches. And But if this, this podcast can be another plea, it would be to get involved and be a member and an active member in your local church. Like, I promise you, you are needed and there will be times that you need the believers to come alongside of you. That's right. I'm, I'm glad you said that. It's so true. So Maureen, thank you for being vulnerable and for sharing so much in these last two podcasts about losing Jane. Um, it's, um, I know God's going to use it in the lives of so many people who have lost children and who um, have lost other people that they love in this life and just the perspective of relying on the Lord, the, the truth of his word, that his word is what will comfort people's hearts more than anything um, and believing it even at times when you feel like you can't even see your, your, that the, your tears are so heavy you can't even see the pages of scripture but God is there and he uses his word even through the people who I, I remember after Jane died for a long time I received as her grandmother just someone I don't even know who it was but I would get regularly just regularly um, handwritten passages of scripture in the mail I don't even mm-hmm. and I to this day I have no idea where they came from but they always came at a time when it was exactly what I needed to read, when it was exactly, you know, what I needed to open. It was just God just used that. And I, to Mm -hmm. this day, have no idea who sent them. But they did it for a long time, Um, for a long time. It wasn't like, oh, it just came for the first month or whatever. It came periodically for a long time. And I've always been so grateful for that. And Yeah. Yeah, so just things like that that you've already said. And I love that when people you know, ask, um, you know, when they, whether it's my granddaughter or whether it's my dad or, um, but in you, when people ask me about you and Jordan, it just means a lot that God sometimes puts, puts, puts it on their hearts and their minds. And you're so right about the body of Christ. So anyway, I thank you again. It's been, um, it's been good and we're gonna trust God to use it. Father, I thank you for the time with Maureen on these two broadcasts to talk about, Jane and the preciousness of her life and I join with her in thanking you for having those 21 months to be her grandmother and I'm so thankful and proud that you let Carl and I be her grandparents and have time um, that we got to spend with her and and get to know her in this life and we'll know her even more in the life to come and I'm, I'm thankful for Jack, Luke, Claire and Grace and the way you have continued to shape and mold their lives and Father though we've said often this is not a path that anybody would ever choose 
but we're uh, we trust you through it and we continue to trust you through it and i continue to pray for my son jordan i thank you so much for him and for the way he's led his family and the way he continues to lead them i thank you for the man of god that he is i thank you for bringing he and mooring together as a couple that has relied solely on your grace to to walk with you ever before losing jane but but to continue to walk with you through that tremendous loss and as you continue to use them in this life father we love you we trust you we give you all the praise and the glory for all the things that you will continue to do in our lives in jesus name amen if you enjoyed this episode of rare but real be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode is posted and share this podcast with friends Follow Audrey on Instagram and Facebook at Mothering from the Heart and listen to all her messages on the Search the Scriptures app.